0: Good morning. Welcome to Roadmap to Heaven here on this Wednesday morning, February 21st of the year 2024. I'm Adam Wright, and we are here on this Wednesday morning of the first full week of Lent. It's good to be with you this morning. Let's pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father, amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, it is great to be with you on this Wednesday morning. Today we continue what we began yesterday. It's uh, very much a continuation show. We are going to have the next segment from Father Ripperger on the four last things pondering death and the death of a sinner. Um, I gotta tell you, it's a little sobering, just like it was yesterday, but it's important for us to hear. And then we're going to uh, finish up with Father Wade, what we began yesterday, that look back at the overview of Lent. Today we're going to talk about the significance of the number 40. We're going to talk about positives and negatives. And then we're going to go into the first station of the cross with Monsignor Morris today. That's all ahead on Roadmap to Heaven this morning. But before we go to any of that, let's go to Mike Roberts for our weather and our saint of the day.
1: Today is the feast day of St. Peter Damian, doctor of the church, Born in Italy in the 10th century, he was the youngest child in a family of nobles who had fallen on hard times. When his parents died, he was taken in by his oldest brother who mistreated him, and eventually another brother, Demanius, took him in, and he was a priest who educated Peter. He was an outstanding student, and by the time he was in his mid-twenties was already teaching with a reputation as an outstanding educator. Always drawn to hours of prayer and mortification, Peter eventually joined the Benedictines. His zeal for prayer and scripture consumed him and he had a difficult time getting rest. After the abbot died, Peter was assigned the role and in spite of his desire to remain in solitude, he took it and built five more hermitages. His skills could be seen all the way from Rome and the Pope called upon him to resolve a number of disputes between the church and the government and even within the church itself as he pushed for reform. Among his many writings was Liber Gomerenes, a treatise attacking the many vices of the clergy and the Church's refusal to deal with these abuses. One of his best friends, who also fought for reform, was Pope Gregory VII, who would lead the Gregorian Reformation. Peter was named Cardinal and Bishop of Ravenna. His writings include over 150 letters and more than 50 sermons. Though Peter retired, he remained a papal legate, and returning from one of his missions, he became ill and died at the age of 94. St. Peter Damien, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day.
2: Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts.
3: Memorare to St. Joseph Remember, almost Most Spouse of the Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who implored your help and sought your intercession were left unaided. Full of confidence in your power, I fly unto you and beg your protection. Despise not, O guardian of the Redeemer, my humble supplication, but in your bounty, hear and answer me. Amen.
0: Yesterday, we started revisiting a segment with Father Wade Menezes on the overview of the season of Lent, and today we are going to pick back up with that. In the second part of our conversation, Father Wade and I spent some time talking about the number 40, maybe you've heard that hymn, 40 days and 40 nights, or Lord, who throughout these 40 days, perhaps the Matt Marr contemporary song, 40 days, uh, you know, we hear that number 40 all the time. Why? Well, Father Wade's got the answers for us in this next segment. We are back. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven on this Wednesday morning. It's a little bit more of a somber tone for us today. And I think of the great hymns we sing. Again, we keep the solemn fast, 40 days and 40 nights. And it reminds me of the time I worked in the insurance agency, and there was a gentleman who would always come in to pay his bill, and he'd say, you know, I'm all I'm all about the numbers. There's a number for this. And he would explain the significance behind all of these numbers. I couldn't even keep track of it. Well, I feel like we're going back to those days today, friend, because five Father Wade Menezes is back with us again to continue our conversation on the season of Lent. And I know today, Father, one of the things you're going to bring to us is the significance of that number 40. So good to have you back with us this Wednesday morning.
2: Thank you so much, Adam. Yeah, there's about eleven really prominent truths from both the Old Testament and the New Testament I want to share with our listeners today about the significance of forty quote end quote the actual number forty and, and what that means for the human person, making the image and likeness of God and some of the 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 hints that both the Old Testament and the New Testament give. But, you know, we said last time we met, Adam, that the the word Lent comes from the Middle English word Lenten, uh, and it means springtime, and that's a, you know that's a beautiful thought because the seasons changing, things are getting warmer, and we see new life. Hint, hint, hint in regards to the significance of 40. Uh, It's a new springtime, huh? The Lenten season lasts 40 days because Jesus went into the desert for 40 days of fasting, meditation, and reflection before beginning his public ministry. So I want to comb through what 40 means here, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And it's basically this, and then I'll give some specific examples. In sacred scripture, the number 40 signifies such things as new life, new growth transformation maybe a change from one great task to another great task etc it also means a new birth in and of itself whether a new psychological birth the way of looking at things anew a literal physical birth and so forth so first of all I'd like to report that the rain of the great flood the great deluge in Genesis lasted 40 days and 40 nights right Wiped out a sinful world and brought in brand new life, huh? Moses fasted for 40 days and 40 nights to prepare himself to receive the law of God, the Ten Commandments, atop Mount Sinai. The importance of the law, bringing new life to individuals by following the law. How about Moses was atop Mount Sinai for 40 days and 40 nights, literally receiving the law. So not only did he fast 40 days and 40 nights to prepare himself to receive the law, once he was atop Mount Sinai, Adam, he was there for 40 days and 40 nights receiving the law. Again, telling us something about the prominence of the law and its role, the Ten Commandments, the Decalogue, in bringing new life to the individual. How about the fact that the Israelites wandered in the desert for 40 years after fleeing the Egyptians from their slavery? How about the manna, that mysterious bread-like substance that rained down on the Israelites for 40 years and fed them during their sojourn in the desert to the Promised Land? How about the fact that the prophet Elijah walked 40 days and 40 nights to reach the mountain of God, Mount Horeb, which is the opposite side of Mount Sinai, same mountain but opposite side? How about the fact that Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights to prepare for his public ministry? Where? In the desert. How about the fact that Jesus ascended into heaven 40 days after his glorious resurrection from the dead? And here's some of my favorite ones applied to human life. How about the fact that from Christmas Day to the presentation, February 2nd, which officially closes the Christmas season on the old calendar, is 40 days. A lot of Catholic Christians, a lot of Christians don't realize that. From Christmas Day, December 25th, to the presentation, February 2nd is a 40-day period. How about the fact, Adam, that the human gestation period for new life is around 40 weeks for the human female carrying her baby? And remember, she's not expecting a child during that time. She is already with child. Amen to that.
0: Right, right.
2: Forty means so many different things. Again, we could say, as I noted earlier, uh, that scripturally speaking, forty means something. It brings to mind such qualities as repentance or newness. Or preparation, say, for an important worker task, like with Moses that I quoted. Uh, self-examination, transformation, or task fulfillment, like with Elijah. How about escape from bondage or slavery, such as to sin, and nourishment and growth, for example, in the spiritual life itself. And finally, personal fulfillment, such as with redemption and salvation, and ultimately new generation and new life, like with the example of the gestation 40-week period that I gave. This is just fantastic.
0: I love it, you know, and I feel like one of my kids because you keep saying "how about that?" And I'm just like, <laughs> "Yeah, how about that?" You know, some of these things we gloss over when our only remembrance of the Exodus story involves Charlton Heston and uh, some great cinema from years ago. Why did the Israelites get impatient? You know, when you remember, oh, Moses was up there for forty days. I would probably, you know, I hate to say it, get a little impatient myself, but this is great significance for us, and it's, you know, the beauty and richness of our faith that there is so much meaning behind all of these things. Absolutely, absolutely, and and they're fed in the
2: spiritual life for us by taking on such uh, additional practices, uh, such as fasting, and the fasting will keep us diligent, the virtue of diligence, in seeing the beauty and truth of these um, truths themselves about the faith and about the significance of 40, so that as we're going through this 40 days spiritual season that we call Lent, ultimately going toward a new springtime uh, in our spiritual lives, spiritually speaking, and literally on Earth, in in the world, seeing the new life generate. um, It's a beautiful thing to know that Lent is all-encompassing, the positives and the negatives, and that's one of the things I want to talk about now with fasting. First of all, just a little synopsis of fasting. Fasting, we say, is a form of self-deprivation that deepens our appreciation of and longing for the food we really need, right? Spiritual nourishment. Not only the Eucharist, but spiritual practices. Uh, The reason why Christ's disciples do not fast in Matthew 9 is because they have given themselves over to Jesus, who is their food. And that's what we do, right? We fast in order to seek Christ every day day after day, especially during Lent, but throughout the whole liturgical year, but especially during Lent in the special way when all of this comes into focus, and to desire to know his ways evermore. So we fast so that this Lent, Christ will become our all. So I want to talk about the positives and negatives of fasting. Now, those are philosophical terms here, Adam. So when I say the negatives of fasting, I mean like Father Wade giving up coffee for Lent, or Father Wade giving up ice cream for Lent, or if Father Wade wants to get really, really serious about Lent this year, Father Wade gives up not only coffee and ice cream for Lent, Father Wade gives up coffee ice cream for Lent, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I mean by negatives. We're, we're giving up something, quote, unquote. It, it's a negative. We're giving it up, okay? We're not going to partake of it. But how about the positives of Lent? In other words, Adam, for Lent, I'm going to... dot dot dot. That's a positive, that's a philosophical positive Lent. So Pope Francis said, how about fasting from hurting words and saying kind words? How about fasting from sadness and being filled with gratitude? How about fasting from anger and being filled with patience? Aren't these great? How about fasting from pessimism and being filled with hope? How about fasting from worries and having more trust in God. Think of how the the chaplet of divine mercy ends. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. Thus, how about taking on the chaplet of divine mercy every day for Lent? Only a seven-minute prayer, beautiful prayer, uses a regular rosary to pray it. How about fasting from complaints or complaining and contemplating simplicity? And again, more graciousness, gratitude. How about fasting from pressures and being more prayerful by handing those pressures over to prayer? How about fasting from bitterness and filling one's heart with joy? How about fasting from selfishness and being more compassionate toward others? How about fasting from grudges and focusing more on reconciliation and being reconciled to the other? namely God through the sacrament of penance and reconciliation, but with others, maybe a specific person you've had a fallen out with, and you too are still not reconciled by the time Lent begins on Ash Wednesday. How about fasting from words, being verbose, and just focusing on being more silent so that you can listen not only to God, but listening more to others, right? So that's a beautiful thing, and I think, Pope Francis hits the nail on the head when he says, let's not only do the traditional negatives, the giving up of this or the giving up of that, the philosophical negatives, but let's work on the philosophical positives. I'm going to fast from the negatives so I can focus on the positive. It's just a a great take, I think, on Lent because I think uh, we tend to focus more on the, the spiritual negatives that we're going to do for Lent rather than the spiritual positives.
0: I think it, it really is, again, going back to that via media that we talk about, you know, staying out of the two extremes and right down the middle. I'm going to subtract yeah. this from my life, and that's going to create some room for me to say yes to this. So perhaps I'm going to fast from watching TV during the season of Lent, and that might allow more time to go for a walk with my wife or with our children and spend that time beautifully with them.
2: That's right. And, and during that beautiful time, which may be a, a 20 to 25 minute walk in your neighborhood with your bride and your children, taking seven minutes of it and praying the chaplet while you're walking the sidewalk in your neighborhood. You're not only praying as a family, you're getting exercise in, and also you're witnessing if others happen to walk past you or run past you or bike past you, or maybe they're out in their yard watering some flowers, they're witnessing the chaplet being prayed, which chances are they visually see as a husband and wife with their children. How beautiful is that? Another example I like to give is this, uh, next time you're at, you know, your local drugstore or your local convenience store or supermarket buy a little palm size notebook, you know, like the Mead notebook, uh, you know, little spiral wire binding on just the one that's palm size and make it your Linton notebook. And for example, write in it that one of the positives I want to do for Lent in honor of the Trinity, specifically in honor of the Trinity, the three divine persons, I want to consciously with intention, with conscious intention, you might add, give three compliments to three different persons each day that are not fake comments. I'm not talking about false flattery here, Adam. I'm talking about a genuine compliment that you really believe about the person. Maybe it's a clerk that helped you purchase your items because they were running the register at the same store that you bought the notebook in and they were just so gracious and friendly and you compliment them on their friendliness as a clerk at the end there of the purchase and you mean it because you believe they were really truly friendly say thank you for being so kind you're just great at your job so that's one person you've complimented in honor of the father then do a second person in honor of the Son, then a third person in honor of the Holy Trinity. Look, we have 24 hours in the day, right? It's not hard to find a genuine compliment once every eight hours, all right? And I think it can be done because we're all made in the image and likeness of God and that's why you're doing it in honor of the three divine persons. Again, not a false uh, flattery or a false compliment, but one that's truly genuine. So that's your intention for Lent. That's one of your Lenten resolutions, what are traditionally called, not intentions, but Lenten resolutions. Uh, is that you you write that down. Three sincere compliments a day. But there's all kinds of stuff that the individual can come up with on what they want to do for a positive of Lent, and also as a negative of Lent. I'm not saying to get rid of all the
0: negatives. No, it is good to give up coffee. It is good to give up ice cream. Those things are good. Father, I remember one particular year I uh, lived by a bakery that had the best donuts, and they were open in the evening. And so I gave up donuts that year for Lent. And driving home from the Easter Vigil, I saw that the bakery was open, and that was probably the <laughs> tastiest donut I you have celebrated ever on your had way in home. my life. <laughs> you celebrated on your way home. That's pretty awesome. Father Wade, I want to thank you for this uh, catechesis in the car ride this morning about the season of Lent. Could I ask you to close our time together with a prayer and blessing for our listeners? Absolutely. Blessed Trinity, Father, Son, and
2: Holy Spirit— Guide us, bless us, protect us always, especially during this beautiful season of Lent. We ask you to help keep us faithful to our Lenten resolutions, whether phrased in the positive, the doing of something, or phrased in the negative, the giving up of something. Help us to be faithful to these tasks toward all the way to the great celebration of the sacred Triduum and Easter itself. We ask all these good things through Christ our Lord. Amen. And as I always end, Adam, St. Joseph,
0: terror of demons. Pray for us. Well, friends, uh, you know, we're going to continue our morning here together in just a few moments on Roadmap to Heaven. Until next time, Father, you have a blessed Lent. We are looking forward to our next
4: conversation. Friends, we're going to take a break. Stay tuned. Prayer for the gift of prudence. Jesus, Artful master of parables, your prudence eluded the hypocrites. Your actions were known before creation, displaying all the wisdom of your prudence. Eternity must have attended to minutia, being prudent in your best interest. You considered all potential consequences, securing the outcome of your earthly life. Grant me the prudence to always be cautious, and sensitive to the basic needs of others. Jesus, you have shown great foresight. Prudence truly originates from your being. Amen. Well, since that was a
0: reprise or a reprise segment, we're not actually going to take a break. We're going to have a little catequiz first. We had Father Wade on, and earlier we were listening to Father Rippiger talking about death, one of the four last things. What are the four last things? Here's our catequiz question for today. Can you name the four last things? We're talking about eschatology in the church. Usually we talk about this in November but today it's fitting. The four last things death, judgment heaven and hell Three of those await you I'm hoping and I'm praying that for you and for me it's going to be death, judgment heaven. That is the goal that is what we are about today Hope you got that right. The four last things death, judgment, heaven and hell We are now going to take a break When we come back we're going to take a look at the first station of the cross with Monsignor Eugene Morris
3: act of faith. O my God, I firmly believe that Thou art one God in three divine persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I believe that Thy divine Son became man and died for our sins, and that He shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe these and all the truths which the Holy Catholic Church teaches, because Thou hast revealed them who canst neither deceive nor be deceived. Amen.
0: Throughout this season of Lent, we are going to look at each of the Stations of the Cross with our good friend, Monsignor Eugene Morris. And today we look at the first station, Pilate condemns Jesus to die.
4: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. In preparation for the praying of the Stations of the Cross. My Lord Jesus Christ, thou hast made this journey to die for me with love unutterable, and I have so many times unworthily abandoned thee, but now I love thee with my whole heart, And because i love thee i repent sincerely for having ever offended thee pardon me my god and permit me to accompany thee on this journey thou goest to die for love of me i wish also my beloved redeemer to die for love of thee my jesus i will live and die always united to thee in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen the
0: first station Pilate condemns Jesus to die.
4: We adore thee, O Christ, and we praise thee.
0: Because by thy holy cross thou hast redeemed the world.
4: Consider that Jesus, after having been scourged and crowned with thorns, was unjustly condemned by Pilate to die on the cross.
0: My adorable Jesus, it was not Pilate. No, it was my sins that condemned you to die. I beseech you by the merits of this sorrowful journey to assist my soul on its journey to eternity. I love you, beloved Jesus. I love you more than I love myself. With all my heart, I repent of ever having offended you. Grant that I may love you always, and then do with me as you will. Monsignor, in such a short paragraph there, there's a lot that could be unpacked. What's a lesson that St. Alphonsus Liguori has for us in
4: today's reflection? By the merits of this sorrowful journey to assist my soul in its journey towards eternity. So we are beginning the Stations of the Cross, and uh, as he beautifully situates it for us, the saint reminds us that this journey that we're embarking on, following in the footsteps of the Lord, has as its end the fruits of everlasting life. So yes, we are making it in recompense for the sins for which we are guilty, as we pray at the very beginning— having been scourged and crowned with thorns, unjustly condemned by Tyler to die on the cross. This is what the Lord does for us. What we are doing is accepting in gratitude the Lord undertaking this great journey, we embarking on this journey with him, and knowing that it ends for us in eternity. And again, it seems like a very simple thing, but I don't think we contemplate enough eternal life. That's what we're about. That's the whole purpose of this whole project of our existence, is to go from here to heaven and to live with God for all eternity. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven.
0: Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen.
4: Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus.
0: Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death.
4: Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As
0: it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen.
4: Lord Jesus crucified, have mercy on us.
3: A prayer for priests. O oh my God. Help those priests who are faithful to remain faithful. To those who are falling, stretch forth your divine hand, that they may grasp it as their support. In the great ocean of your mercy, lift those poor unfortunate ones who have fallen, that being engulfed therein, they may receive the grace to return to your great loving heart. Amen. Precious blood of Jesus, protect them.
0: Are you enjoying this week of Daily Doses of Encouragement with Patty Schneier and this wonderful aggregation of quotes from Mother Angelica? I know I am. And Patty, I'm excited for more insight from Mother Angelica today.
5: Well, on Monday, we had three quotes from her about becoming a saint. Yesterday, we had a quote from her about the Holy Spirit. Today, I want to share some words from Mother Angelica about faith. Here's what she said. Faith is one foot on the ground— one foot in the air, and a queasy feeling in the stomach. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but you do know that his presence and his providence rises before the dawn. And that's all you need to know. I love that quote. That's about as real as it gets. And if I think about my life, that perfectly describes moments when I actually did take a leap of faith. There is a reason it's called a leap of faith because you literally feel like you are jumping off a cliff. That queasy feeling in your stomach is real. A job change, a move to a new city, or a move back home, picking up, picking up the phone to get help for an addiction or help for your marriage, going to confession for the first time in years, these are all acts of faith. And yes, you might have a queasy feeling in your stomach. Don't be afraid. Seek his presence. Rely on his providence and take that leap of faith. Here is her prayer for faith. And let's make it our own today. Mother Angelica writes, Lord Jesus, increase my faith. I want so much to have faith that moves mountains. I want to believe with such intensity that only a thin veil separates me from seeing you face to face. I want to see the Father's will and providence in everything that happens. Amen. Take that to prayer today. For all of us, let's increase our faith and know that faith, yeah, it might feel like we've got one foot on the ground, one foot in the air, and a queasy feeling in our stomach.
0: I always laugh when I hear this quote from Mother, but it is very true, as you said. Thank you for today's Daily Dose of Encouragement. Do you know someone in your life that, and and maybe it's you, do you know someone who is just horrible at taking pills? You know, maybe it's a kid that you take care of. Uh, Maybe it's one of your own kids. Maybe it's a sibling. Maybe it's even a parent. Well, I'll tell you what, you know me, and I am terrible at taking them. What helps me is always not to take them with water, you know, a glass of milk, a glass of juice, something with some flavor for whatever reason, masking just the taste of the casing of the pill or the whatnot. It goes a long way to make it more tolerable. And uh, this morning after the show, I have to run and get some annual blood work done and, you know, have my physical coming up. And the doctor always wants to check these things, which means fasting this morning. and No, no food or drink other than water enough to take... The medicine that I have to take in the morning. And it was a really unbearable experience this morning. I, I, I remembered how much I hate it. And the kids were all like, Dad, are you okay? What, what's going on here? Why, why are you like this right now? And it's a reminder for us that, you know, and a reminder for me, sometimes there are things we have to do in life that we can make it more palatable. It's, it's not as bad. You know, this helps. Doing this this way helps make it more tolerable, more bearable. But what about the days when we can't do that? When we still have to do the task? You know, in this analogy, it's the taking of the medication. But you know it's going to be unpleasant. Do you choose to do it anyway. Some days we get consolation. Some days it's very easy to live out our Catholic faith. I think back to what Father Ripperger said at the end of his segment, that being Catholic is one of the hardest things to do. Living out our Catholic faith is one of the hardest things to do in life. Some days we have consolations that make it easy, that make it palatable, that make it exciting even, fun. I I can't wait to go out and live it today. Other days, not so much. What are you going to do on those other days? How are you going to prepare for those? So that when there isn't that consolation there, but there's still that choice, am I going to use an act of the will to do what is right, to do God's will, to cast aside sin, to cast aside temptation, to pray, even when I don't feel like praying, what are you going to do to make those days happen? It's a choice. We each have to make it. You know, one of the things that can help us, as we said earlier, is reflecting on the four last things. But another thing that can help us is just reflecting on what God did for us so that we could get to heaven one day. And that's reflecting on the Stations of the Cross. And we've been sharing this with you, but especially as we go through the Stations of the Cross with Monsignor Morris this Lent here on the show, I'd like to remind you that if you visit covenantcatholic.org, you can reflect on what Jesus did for you in his passion and death leading to his resurrection so that we could participate in the Paschal Mystery and, God willing, be with him one day in heaven. They're not just for Fridays. You've heard me say that. You can pray them each and every day. If you go to covenantcatholic.org, we've got the visual Virtual stations of the cross with reflections from St. Alphonsus Liguori, the same ones Monsignor Morris and I are using. You can pray them every day at your own pace. There's beautiful sacred imagery that you can focus your attention to while you pray pray. And that's not all. We also have for you our daily rosary reflections. You can sign up. You just put your email in. You will get them every morning in your inbox, depending on what time you wake up. If you're an early, early riser, like 4 a.m. early riser, they're not going to be waiting for you when you wake up. But if you're like me and you get up after five, well, pretty much every morning they've been waiting for me when I wake up. Certainly by the time you are getting ready in the morning, you'll have them. And at any point in the day, You can read these reflections or you can listen to them. We even have an audio version of them that comes straight to your email, narrated by Teresa Holman here at Covenant Network. So check that out. There's going to be a lot more at covenantcatholic.org in the future. But while we put the touches on that, you know, we wanted to give you two things to help you this Lent. And so we've got those Stations of the Cross and those Daily Rosary Reflections. You can get them right now. CovenantCatholic.org. This is a new digital initiative. Of Covenant Network Catholic Radio, and we are pleased to share it with you. Let's pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. Saint Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray for us in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, thanks for spending the morning with us here on Roadmap to Heaven. It's always a joy to start the day out with you, and it has made this fasting much more bearable. You have been a great consolation for me, uh, even on a morning that, you know, it's not the way I wanted to start the morning, but it's still the start we have, and you make it great. So thank you for being with us. I'll be back with you tomorrow morning. It'll be Thursday, so you know Father David Skillman's going to be with us in the meantime for Covenant Network. I'm Adam Wright. Pray your rosary today.